T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is 79 degrees in the Twin Cities. Now, I am not one to gloat. What I, it's not me, no. But sometimes I do like to gloat. All right, it's the second inning in the Twins game. And Jonathan Lowe, you're, <laughs> is it still the second inning? The Twins are up 10 to nothing still over your inning. Kansas City Royals. I uh, The second inning. I, as a uh, member of the Kansas City fraternity now and forever and forever, uh, the sorority as well, uh, I apologize to everybody <laughs> on behalf of the Royals. They stink tonight. They stink. What was the score in the St. John's game again? Was it 90? 98 and it is not getting to 98 nothing over at Target Field. And I'm telling you that. St. Right John's now. beat the, the College of St. Scholastica. I yes. believe 98 to nothing. I, I, I don't. Well, I mean, I suppose if you did sort of like a ratio, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps we're headed to comparable. 90, 98, if you divide that by seven, that is 14 scores, I believe. Uh, yeah, I believe that's. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, that's 14. That's 14 touchdowns. So right now, uh, the Twins are basically up on the Royals 70 to nothing. There you go. Okay. <laughs> See, it is sort of comparable. <laughs> and it's the second inning. All right, folks. Just uh, couldn't resist getting a little dig and my friend Jonathan there. And gosh, you guys have had success. Give somebody else a chance. All right. Well, this is actually, this year is the 25th anniversary of the nation's first charter school opening. Uh, and it is also a time when more and more young people in Minnesota are ha- taking advantage of options to get free college credit in high school. Uh, joining us to talk about this and other things as well as, as, as in addition to you know how to get off to a good school year or a good start to a school year – uh, is Joe Nathan, the Executive Director for the Center for School Change. Joe, how are you? Great to talk with you, Esme. Thank you. How are you? Absolutely great. Well, listen, let's talk about charter schools because you have been a, a big supporter and have really studied this issue and, and how it's going in Minnesota right now. Tell us about how charter schools are, are faring. Esme, uh, the, the idea started here in Minnesota, and I apologize a little bit for my scratchy voice here, but <clears throat> excuse me, the, the idea is very simple. We ought to give people a chance to create new kinds of programs as long as they're willing to be results and we allow choice within certain limits. And those are fundamental American principles, not just educational principles. So the very first chartered public school um, opened 25 years ago in St. Paul. We now have more than 150 of these schools located throughout the state of Minnesota, urban, rural, and suburban. And um, the number of youngsters going to these schools is increasing year by year. And many f- families are finding that they're valuable options, but we also see school districts all over the state responding in constructive ways to the fact that families now have options. And that's a good thing, too. We want something that's not only going to help the youngsters who attend the chartered schools, we want something that's going to help improve the overall system. Uh, well, let me ask you, you know, Joe, because I think that there's still, even though it's been 25 years of charter schools and more and more kids are taking advantage of it, and more families are taking advantage of it, I think people are still 
confused about exactly what is a charter school. We agree. There is still, still some confusion, so thanks to you know the uh, good neighbor uh, of the Northwest for letting people know more about this. A chartered school is a public school open to all. Uh, it's non-sectarian, so religion is not allowed. You can't promote a particular religion. Um, and it's called a charter because that mean, word means contract. So there are what are called authorizers, uh, organizations such as school districts or colleges and universities or the Audubon Society that have the power to say, we'll review a proposal from people and we'll either accept or reject that and then give them a contract so they have five years to achieve certain goals. And if they achieve those goals, the contractor is renewed. And if it's not, uh, if, the con- if, the, if the goals are not met either, um, this, the contract is canceled or some new people are brought in to run the school. And let let me ask you, um, can anybody start a charter school? You have to have at least one certified educator, a part of the planning group. And you have to have licensed public school teachers participating as teachers in the school. So a variety of people can start, but as a part of the planning team, there has to be at least one person who's a licensed public school educator here in Minnesota. Okay. And who kind of keeps track of this and how do they get their money? The dollars follow the students. We have a a principle that was established in 1985 with the post-secondary options law, which allows high school kids to earn college credit while they're still in high school. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But we have a principle that's been established, which is that the dollars follow students. So, for example, if a youngster um, moves from the Edina district, lives in Edina, but moves from the Edina district into Minneapolis, or a youngster lives in White Bear and and goes to public school in St. Paul, the dollars follow the students. And the same principle applies um, to charter public schools. If there is a youngster, for example, in White Bear uh, who's going to charter public school in St. Paul, then the dollars follow the students. All right. And and so, so that's how it works. And who keeps track that these schools are doing the most important thing, delivering on their promises? Because most of these charter schools have have an edge to it. Maybe they, they focus on um, an immersion in, in a certain language. Isn't that true? I mean, don't most of them have sort of a different take on, on or different focus? Sure. Thanks. Thanks for asking great questions. These are the kinds of questions that I hear constantly. So thank, thanks for asking and getting some clarifying uh, clarifying information here. In the charter world, we have what are called authorizers, and these can be local school districts. We have some that are local districts. They can be organizations that are nonprofit um, that have registered with the state, such as the Audubon Society, which also authorizes, uh, or Pillsbury United, which is another example of a, an organization that, that um, has been approved by the State Department of Education. Um, or we ha- can have colleges and universities, or we can have what are called organizations set up um, whose sole purpose is to be authorized. For example, the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers established something called the Guild, and they are, uh, give them credit, they are the first teacher union in the country that asked for and received permission from a state department to be an authorizer. Authorizer is the organization that reviews proposals, can say yes or no, because there's no automatic right to create these schools, reviews proposals, says either yes or no, and if they say yes, they uh, monitor the performance of the school, and after five years, they'll say you can either continue or we need to close the school down, or we can um, bring in some new people to run the school. We've had um, about 100, we have about 165 charters in operation, and we've had 78 that for one reason or another have been closed in the last 25 years. All right, and 
in the most part, I mean, I know that there have been some schools that have run into trouble for financial reasons or whatever, but overall, how would you say the system is working? Well, I'd say overall, it's like America. Um, we have these fundamental freedoms, and people come from literally all over the world because they recognize the freedom to try out a new idea. Um, if you have a new idea, I mean, that's how we make progress, whether it's cell phones or the radio or television or whatever commercial uh, product you can think of, we are here where we are in America because one of the fundamental freedoms has been to say, I think I have an idea about how to do something better, so I can do that as long as I'm willing to be responsible for results and as long as I operate within certain principles. So overall, the chartering idea is doing really well. We have a number of innovations which we can talk about. We have the nation's, uh, sorry, the Midwest first. Montessori Junior Senior High School. We have a new way of operating for teachers where teachers literally um, can run a school. They can be uh, the majority of board of directors in a school. So we call that a teacher-led school. It's like a farmer's co-op. We have in greater Minnesota, we have farmer co-ops. Um, they're run by teachers and, uh, sorry, run by farmers and they organize with each other and then they hire somebody to run the business operations. But it's the farmers who are in charge. Some Medical clinics operate that way. It's the doctors who are in charge, and they hire some business people to help them run it, but they are in charge. And that same principle has been applied in public education with teacher-led schools. And now one of the nice things that's happened is that the district schools have picked up on this idea, and so union leaders and charter advocates work together, and the legislature has said, let's go ahead and have some teacher-led schools within districts. So um, overall, I'd say the idea is doing really well. We have some very distinctive schools. And as somebody said to me not too long ago, when you've seen one charter public school, you've seen one charter public school. So we don't really get into the idea of which is better, district or charter. It seems to me that's a little bit like saying um, which gets better gas mileage, uh, rented car or leased car. It's not a really meaningful comparison. So our center, Center for School Change, tries to learn from the most effective schools, whether they're district or charter, that's how we think we can make progress in Minnesota. And in a couple of minutes, if you want, I can give you some examples of how we've, I think we've really made progress um, because we offer both district and charter options as public education in Minnesota. All right. Uh, we're chatting with uh, Joe Nathan. He's the center uh, director of the uh, Center for School Change. Uh, Joe, I want to take a break because I do want to get into this, you know, the latest in terms of getting kids. Um, we can talk a little bit more about charter schools, but just an update on, on getting college credit for free when you're in high school because with the bills for college that are coming in, it's it's astronomical and this is something that more and more kids are taking advantage of. Uh, so keep it here, folks. Uh, we are chatting with Joe Nathan, the executive director for the Center for School Change. All right, folks, we are chatting with Joe Nathan, the executive director for the Center for School Change. Anything else you want to say quickly about charter schools? Because I would want to talk about this other subject because it is so important. Well, I think that you've made the key point that these are um, public schools open to all non-sectarian that are located throughout the state of Minnesota. And if people want more information, they can go to www.mncharterschools.org or they can go to centerforschoolchange.org. Both places have information about these schools, and they are um, they are located throughout the state of Minnesota. What um, shifting gears here? Tell us, because people may not know about this program. You've been touting it for years. How can people, it almost sounds too good to be true, how can people get college credit for free and how often are people taking advantage of this, kids in high school? So thanks again for asking about this. This is almost too good to be true, but it is true. 
uh, starting in 1985, the Minnesota legislature adopted a law called Post-Second Enrollment Options, also called PSEO, that allows high school students, uh, now starting in the 10th grade, to take courses on college campuses or uh, online, and there's a new law that we'll talk about in just a minute about the online courses, um, but they can take free college courses on the college campus or online, earn simultaneously college credit, and it's free, the tuition, the books, the lab fees are free, and one of the things that's happened is in part because of these new options with the dollars following the students. High schools all over the state of Minnesota, rural, urban, suburban, virtually every high school in the state offers the opportunity for students to earn college credit for free right in the high school. It might be advanced placement, might be international baccalaureate, might be called what are called college in the schools courses, but students since 1985 have had the option um, now starting in the 10th grade, actually in some places the 9th grade, to, to earn free college credit by either taking courses in the high school, um, that starts in ninth grade, or on a college campus or via uh, Internet, and that starts in 10th grade. And it is almost too good to be true, but it is true. Let me ask you this. Um, what um, is, is this available? You said it's in, available like in, in basically any high school, but it's also now there's an online component. How does that work? Sure. So one of the things that happened was that we had some districts that have been very cooperative with these programs and some districts, unfortunately, that have not. So the, um, a number of parents, including um, some parents from Fulda and other parts of southwestern Minnesota, came to the legislature this year and said, look, um, we think since our taxes paid for the school's computers and the facilities that we ought to have be allowed to take uh, courses online, um, using the school's computers. And many schools were saying fine, but some schools were not. So the legislature heard the testimony from various points of view and then said, we agree. Um, those computers, uh, the, the buildings themselves have been paid for by taxes. Families ought to, students ought to have access. So the, so the new law, effective this fall, is that um, high school students can earn uh, college credits by taking PSEO, post-secondary enrollment options courses, online, and the school district and the school must provide space in the building and must provide access to the school's computers and software to allow students to do this. And this is very important because not everybody has the transportation to get um, to a college or university. And I want to emphasize that these courses can be in career and technical fields. So a youngster can take courses on welding or, or on auto repair or a vast array of things, as well as more traditional academic kinds of courses. So it's, there's, as the saying goes, something for everyone. And as you said, it's free. It's almost too good to be true, but it is one of the things that makes Minnesota really distinctive around the country. Um, several of us recently spoke at a national conference here, and people from all over the country said, wow, this is amazing what you're doing in Minnesota. So, and, so, yeah, so in other can, words, you, you can take these even even if it's not offered to you, let's say you're you're in a school district that's not close to a major university, you can still, if you're in a school district in Minnesota that obviously has computers, you could still take an online course at exactly right a university because obviously, and and some people may may also not have the, the you know certainly there still remains an enormous problem with um you know uh, internet speeds and internet access throughout the state of Minnesota. And so I think that's something that, that's there, too. But every kid can do this free of charge. Exactly right. All right. And, and are the school districts, are they up on that? Well, another great question. Um, the Minnesota Commissioner of Education, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Commissioner of Education, Brenda Casillas, 
sent a note out uh, last month telling school districts this is a change in the state law. Uh, you need to do this. Um, a couple of years ago, um, because families were not getting up-to-date information, we work with some people throughout the state of Minnesota, and um, the law was changed, 2015, to say that school districts must provide, I'm quoting directly, up-to-date information to families and the students on their websites and in, in information that they give to families. So the law says that families are supposed to be um, informed, but we did some research in 2016 that found 90% of the districts were not providing this um, information. And so um, we work with the commissioner, got the information out, I'll give credit to the superintendent's association and to the rural education association. They work very conscientious about saying to the members, look, folks, we need to get this information out to families. It's a state law. We need to cooperate with the state law. So we went back a year later, and um, 90% of the districts were providing information. But this is a new part of the law, and it was just passed in May. So many districts don't know about it, which is why I'm so grateful to CCO with you know, you know thousands and thousands of listeners to help get the word out. It's important for families to know what their rights are. Right. And if, if somebody is having trouble, I mean, are they, uh, is there any place they can call or access, or do they just have to, you know... Literally every every week, I get calls and emails from families about these kinds of issues. So people can go to our website and they can reach me, at Joe at CenterForSchoolChange.org, or they can talk to Paula Palmer um, at the State Department of Education. There's information in the State Department of Education. If you do a, um, a Google search for PSEO, Minnesota Department of Education, there's contact information. You can make phone calls. Uh, you can send emails. And I want to say, by the way, that our organization strongly supports courses offered in high schools as well as PSEO. We don't think there's one best approach to this. Some kids want to stay in the high school. They don't want to do an online class. They want to take a course offered from the high school, and that's great. Um, And because of the research, because the students and families have stepped forward to talk about the value of this, um, we now have youngsters who are literally earning a one- or a two-year degree or certificate um, from college or university before they graduate from high school. And that can save between five dollars and $20,000 in cash. So it's enormous savings. Plus, we also know that youngsters who participate in these programs are much more likely not only to graduate from high school, but also some form of college or university, or earn a one- or a two- or four-year, one- or two-year certificate or a four-year degree. Wow. Okay. And that, that is, that is so big. And obviously the cost, especially when you've got, you know, families obviously with, with more than one child. I mean, it's such, so important. Uh, great information as always. Uh, Joe Nathan, the executive director for the Center for School Change. Thank you so much for joining us. Esme, thank you so much for making this information available to your listeners. And as I said, if people want more information, they can go to www.centerforschoolchange.org. We don't charge. It's free information. We'd be delighted to give it away to people. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, much more ahead here on News Radio 830 WCCO. Um, coming up, we're going to give you some weather. Then after that, a real treat. I, I don't know if uh, a lot of you folks remember a wonderful restaurant that was there for years in St. Louis Park called the Lincoln Dell. It was absolutely a treasure. And now there is uh, the Lincoln Dell cookbook. And we're going to chat with the author of that cookbook because this was a legendary bakery and deli, the matzo ball soup. was just fabulous. And there's not really anything quite like it anymore, uh, at least at least in that part of the Twin Cities. So uh, we're going to visit with the author of that uh, cookbook uh, coming up next. You're listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is uh, 7.36 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. And we're hoping to reach uh, Wendy Zelkin-Rosenstein, who is the uh, author of the Lincoln Dell Cookbook. And I am just uh, hoping that we get her because I've been looking forward to this. The Lincoln Dell uh, was a restaurant that was many, many years um, uh, in St. Louis Park. And the granddaughter of the folks who ran the Dell has published a cookbook of the best-loved recipes. And this was a place that I really enjoyed uh, going to. And it's been – it shut down you know, a number of years ago. And actually, I didn't realize that there were three restaurants. I just remember the one in St. Louis Park. But – Gosh, it was a good place to go and amazing to, to have access to all of these uh, recipes. And it's um, – the foreword is actually written um, by Tom Friedman who is the best-selling uh, New York Times author and commentator and reporter. And uh, anyway, I, I hope that we are able to somehow um, connect with them or maybe we'll do it at another time because just looking at these menus and then also the uh, – the prices on the menus are, are terrific too. Some of the older menus have uh, some of these old prices that are just, um, you know, things were a lot cheaper. Like a plate of spaghetti, a dollar forty. Yeah, we all remember when you get like a plate of spaghetti for a dollar forty. And looks like we are probably not having too much luck, Jonathan. Is that the case? At the moment, yes. Okay. All right, folks. Um, well, I do want to let you know that still ahead, we do have the one and only Professor David Schultz, who will be uh, talking politics. I've been off for a couple of weeks. I just needed a little break. I, I didn't really go anywhere. I just sometimes, you know, it's kind of nice to take a vacation where you don't really do anything because uh, in a way it's relaxing. If you, if you take a trip these days, I think it can be I, – I think it can be very, very stressful, especially with, you know, air travel I think is just a nightmare these days. And so difficult. So I just kind of hung out and just caught up on some rest. And I had all these projects I was going to do and I didn't do any of them. But oh, well, you know, you sometimes you just got to kind of relax and, and take it easy. Uh, we are still trying to reach uh, the author of the Lincoln Dell cookbook um, and still working on that. I do want to invite you to tune in to WCCO-TV Sunday morning, 6 a.m. Uh, the one and only Micah Gustinak and I will be uh, live at 6 a.m. in our studios, the TV studios, and then we will rush out to the State Fair, and it'll be kind of neat. We're going to actually do an extended interview with Senator Amy Klobuchar for our Sunday morning shows. We um, you know, usually have two guests, and there are a few guests that you always kind of wish you had more time with. Senator Klobuchar is one of those guests, and if, frankly, what I told one of her staffers is that one of the things that I really, you know, it, it, it's always great to interview her and, and she's always, first of all, she's a very easy person to interview because she kind of explains even the most complicated things in a very simple fashion. But she's also very funny and she has these great anecdotes, sort of behind the scenes anecdotes of, you know, what it's like to be in Washington and that she, that she tells you, you know, and I feel like, well, gosh, I, I'm sure people would love to hear hear about those things. So we'll actually have the time tomorrow uh, to do that and, and talk with her about that. And then please visit us uh, at the State Fair, Fair booth so you can actually watch our newscasts at the WCCO-TV booth. And then afterwards, they have a really cool thing 
where it's really popular with kids. You, you can go in to the booth and they have set up like a uh, basically a simulated newscast. And so kids and adults, I mean, we've had a lot of adults, it's not just kids, come in and they can, you know, do a newscast and read a newscast so they can be, you know, like Frank and Amelia or pretend to be like a reporter like me or, or a sportscaster or a weather forecaster. And, uh, you know, there's usually a big line. And then um, after I get off the air at uh, 11 o'clock, uh, I'll go from 11.15 to 11.45. So if you want to do it with me, I'll, I'll be happy to do it with you or do it with your kids, you know, do the newscast. And then they put them up on the YouTube channel so you can actually see them and watch them afterwards. And uh, it's a lot of fun or else if you just want me to coach, I, I won't be offended if you don't want to do it with me. Um, but it's just – it's kind of a fun fun way to – something special you can enjoy at, at the Minnesota State Fair and see if this is something maybe your kids want to do. And some of the kids are really good. I mean they're really, really, really good. Uh, so anyway, please join us at the State Fair tomorrow at 1030. Uh, also want to keep you updated on that uh, fabulous Twins game, Jonathan. W- what's that score now? Not talking to you. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Lowe, our studio coordinator that I've worked with for many years now on Saturday nights. You are a great man, a, a very nice human being with a major character flaw in that you are completely committed to Kansas City sports teams. And while I try not to hold it against you, I do. This, and and, and year you, in and is... year out, your Royals have been doing pretty darn well, and it's time for somebody else to do well. Right, Jonathan? Well, that would be Cleveland, who is running away with a division right now. I know, but Minnesota is doing really well. They are. I mean, and aren't they one of the hottest teams going? They are. They, they, this has been a surprising season because of how bad it was last year. Right. And so now that they're in the wild card seat right now not just in the wild card race if the season ended today they'd be in so the fact are they are they, are, are they ahead of the Yankees now they're not ahead of the Yankees they're I think they're a game back of the Yankees for the first wild card spot but they they right now the twins own the second wild card spot so they would be in they would play right. the Yankees in New York if the season ended today New York won today so the twins won't so they'd have to play the, uh, so, so they'd have to play the Yankees they would, yes. And, and that I, hasn't I gone so well for the Twins, for those of us who can remember the last time I said this, they were. <laughs> I said this a couple weeks ago with Steve and Eric when they were on the air here. The, wouldn't it be so ironic and so sweet for fans of this uh, region, fans of, of this team, if by chance the Twins and the Yankees got into the playoffs, they were both the wild cards, the Twins had to go to New York, Twins have been yes. a better road team this season yes, than a yes, home yes, team. And what, how sweet would it be if they Very went into sweet. New York and took the New York Yankees out of the playoffs? That would be so sweet. It's got to happen at some point in time. It's got to happen. You can't lose to the to the Yankees every single stinking time. Right. At one point right. in time, you got to get past. But but the season. I mean, we're coming to the end here. I mean, it's it's the About, season's drawing to a close. Yeah, it's, I think it ends a month from either. I think when October second is. I th- oh, uh, so it's that it's that much longer. So there's still time. There's still a month to go. Uh, <sighs> let's see. The, yeah. the thirtieth would be uh, twenty eight days. So yes, one month from today. Uh, okay. So there's still there's still a lot oh. of time. Yep. Still a yeah, lot of time. Month, no, no. It, it it's going to end early October. Right. Anyway. But uh, twins have a shot 
And there are a lot of teams that are now in the chasing position, including the Royals, who are just getting bombarded tonight. <laughs> it was the pitching is just it, it, awful. Because you know, we were talking about it earlier, is that the the, the game had just started? It, you know, it, like game started six ten, and by six twenty, it was five nothing. It was. I was like, what happened? Am they, I am I reading that right? They they had four runs in the first inning. They had four runs. I think they had three runs before an out was recorded. That's how bad the starter was tonight for Kansas City. It was just it was just abysmal. And he was a spot starter. He wasn't any anyone that was big into the rotation, but still. You got to come with a better effort than that, right? Uh, so right now, as it stands, the Twins are a game and a half back of New York for the second wild card spot. They are ha- a game and a half up on Baltimore and Anaheim for the second wild card spot. It looks like they'll win tonight, so they'll be a game back of New York. Uh, I think Baltimore, Baltimore, and uh, and Anaheim are both playing right now, so who knows how that's going to go? But they're going to keep pace with New York. They're going to try to. Maybe host the game again. I think in this case they got to go on the road. I think yeah. they're a better road team. They're starting to play better at home. Yeah, uh, but it's looking uh, pretty good tonight. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, and and right now Cleveland is just running away with the division. They've won nine in a row. Uh, they're beating Detroit right now, so they're going to stay. It looks eight up on the Twins. So the the division. Doesn't look like it's going to be happening, but the the wild card is a very real possibility. Right. Well, I I have a tie for my favorite Twins players. Um, my tie goes to, and there's an age span here. I think there's like a 20 year age span. Byron Buxton, who's really fun to watch. I mean, the the guy just flies. And then Bartolo Colon, who is also really fun to watch, and it's aren't they just like aren't they like twenty one years apart or something crazy? I'd have to look that up real quick. You sound it sounds like you're right. I think, uh, I think Bucks is like 23. 20, 22 or twenty three, and Cologne is I think forty three right. or forty four. And, and Byron Bucks just you know watching him, he looks like just uh, watching him run. It's just the epitome of a graceful athlete. I mean, he just is, is extraordinary. And then you look at Bartolo Cologne. Who uh, I've pulled up here, his weight is posted at a two eighty five, <laughs> which which you know what, what that really means. Yeah, is it's more than that. That's probably so he's, three he's, bills. He's 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 listed at five eleven two eighty five, which probably means he's really five ten five nine and what three hundred, right? I mean, it's, isn't that the way they do it? Uh, I'll tell you one thing, big sexy. Or as I like to call it, also call him the big roly poly. Uh, he's he's how been effective. You, how can you do it though? How can you play at that level with that kind at that age with that kind of a I, shall I, I say physique? I that's the the million dollar question. I mean this this guy has been he and remember when he came in the league he was an ace. He was a slim dude. He was an ace for Cleveland. Yeah, and he's been around so long that. You just you just wonder, you know, guys like Jamie Moyer and R.A. Dickey, they pitch into their 40s, or, or I know Moyer did, Dickey's late 30s, but you just wonder how can you keep your body in tune for that long? Well, it's not in tune. Look throw. at him. <laughs> but he can do it, you know? That's the best rebuttal I think I've heard uh, all night is uh, how, how can you look at him and say he's in tune? Yes, they are 21 years apart, Buxton 23, okay. and Cologne is 44. 
Right. Well, anyway, it's and a, it's a and lot a big of fun. Roly poly. He's a he's a big roly poly. But uh, anyway, it's just it's a lot of fun, and it would be fun. And I think I was actually at the last Twins Yankees uh, playoff game. I think that was 2010 at, at Target Field. Was it that? I mean, it, felt, uh, it feels like it was a hundred years ago. Yeah, I think that was the last and, year that the Twins made the playoffs. Was 2010 because that was my first year here. And right. I do remember that. And I remember it being at Target Field. Yeah, and it was and and, the, and Target Field opened up and opened up in 2010. So okay. I believe that was the the series was was that series 2010. And is it is it is it would be three games or would it be? No, this will be a one game a one off. Uh, you get in, you play one wild card game. The team with the better record hosts. Winner goes on to the uh, the league division. Oh series. no! Yes, that's scary. It, it is. is that the it's way a, it works? I did not realize that. It's a scary proposition, and I'll, I'll explain, I guess, real quick, the role that you can get on. As a fan of the Royals, 2014, they finally got in the playoffs. They've been 29 years since they got in the playoffs. They've been searching through the deserts for so long. They were down. They were hosting the wild card game against Oakland. They were down late in that game, I want to say by three or four runs. They ended up tying it in the ninth or tying it before the ninth, went into extra innings. They won it in the 12th. Improbable win for this team. No no one, I didn't think they had a shot. They went on to then sweep Anaheim, the best team in the in the league, in the American League. You were happy that, I, that year. I was very happy that year. <laughs> I was very happy until the end. But they swept Anaheim. Then they swept Baltimore in you were, the championship I really were happy. series. And then they got to the World Series. If the Twins can get to the game, if they can get to that game, they can get on a roll. Any team in baseball can get on a roll. Well, they're on a roll now. So against those Royals. All right, Jonathan Lowe. Thanks and so that's much. That's where we end the segment. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks, let's take a quick break. Uh, a lot more ahead here. Uh, coming up in our eight o'clock hour, Professor David Schultz. Oh, it's fun to dream. October dreams. And one can only hope that uh, a month from now, the Twinkies will still be in it. It certainly looks that way. Esme Murphy, along with uh, studio coordinator Jonathan Lowe, um, we will try and rebook the author of the uh, Lincoln Dell cookbook because I know there are Link- Lincoln Dell has a lot of fans here and this was a very, very special place uh, for a lot of people and a lot of people enjoyed going there. So, uh, has you know great pictures of all the old menus and the cakes and the pies and just um, a really kind of a fun kind of almost scrapbook looking thing of just all kinds of great pictures. So I hope we will uh, successfully read book that uh, coming up. Of course, the one and only Professor David Schultz of Hamlin University. So much to talk about. Uh, really. You know, the dynamic with Hurricane Harvey has really changed a lot that is going on in Washington. It was just a few weeks ago that the president was talking about uh, shutting down the government if he didn't get that wall. Well, now it, it seems fairly obvious that the money that would have gone to any possible wall is going to need to go to some kind of rebuilding effort. Uh, you know, I, I saw, um, you know, in addition to Houston, I just saw a devastating story in, in one newspaper that talked about all the little towns up the coast that are just practically wiped out. I mean, this thing is so big 
and so widespread. And, and some of those towns are still underwater. I mean, the floodwaters receding in Texas. Uh, also, the president uh, going to Texas, going to Houston today, meeting with victims. Uh, the president saying, hey, he feels that the, you know, the flood relief is going, is being very well received and is going as well as possible. Obviously, the situation is is a disaster. The question is, to what extent will they rebuild? And the president, you know, in his budget originally before this happened, there were proposals to severely cut FEMA. And this, I think, is going to – this is going to need a big government response in order to help out these folks. Uh, there's really only one entity that can do it, I think, and I'll, I'll ask Professor Schultz about that. And it's got to be a big government response. And back in Sandy, it was Senator Ted Cruz of Texas who was arguing against a big government response. Well, now Senator Cruz has a very different view of things now that it is his state uh, that is so hard hit. So uh, we will ask and visit with Professor David Schultz on that matter. Um, always great to chat with him and haven't talked to him actually in a couple of weeks since uh, I've been off. So keep it here, folks. You are listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.